It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, John Barchard here, and the playoffs are in full swing, which means that fantasy football season is sadly over, right? Wrong. With one-week fantasy football at DraftKings, the fantasy football season does not stop until the games do. So while your season-long league is done, it is not too late to draft a new team and start winning money while doing it. At DraftKings, there are so many different ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends. They even have beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level. And the best part is you get to draft a new team every week. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy, am I right? Aside from winning cash, that is. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. And right now, just use the promo code BGNR at DraftKings.com to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total cash prizes this Saturday. But hurry, Saturday's going to be here before you know it. The Eagles will be kicking off, and then you'll forget about it. So make sure to get to DraftKings.com right now to choose your lineup, and you can play for some serious cash on Saturday. That's promo code BGNR, only at DraftKings.com. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Stars up over the ball. This will be it. Stars back to throw. He takes time. He throws over the middle. It's caught at the 15. Running hard to the 7-yard line. And down on the 7 is Jim Taylor. The game's over. The game's over. The Eagles are the champions of the world. Listen. After a weekend off of no Eagles football because the wild card games were on, Eagles football is going to be played this Saturday. Eagles playoff football. The Eagles are in the playoffs. You might have missed that, but the Eagles are in the playoffs, and and here we go. It's here. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. This is your Monday edition of BGN Radio Daily Afternoon QB with BLG. It's a pleasure to be back with you today as we actually have some Eagles football to talk about, and you have to say, the Eagles got the matchup they wanted, right? I think they did. I think most people would think that the Atlanta Falcons were the most desirable, or if not the most desirable, at least one of the most desirable teams for the Eagles to play 
in the first round, and they did it by upsetting the Rams. The Falcons are the number six seed. They're going to be coming here to Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday. 4.35 is when the game starts, and it's the matchup they wanted. The Eagles have a blueprint to beat this team. I'm going to go to get into that. I'm going to be getting into some of the coaching rumors we've heard this week. I have some thoughts on the wild game, wild card games that I want to get to. We have our three over and unders from Stephen Lee as well. So all that and more in today's episode of BGN Radio Daily. If you like our podcast, you know how to find us. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We love to hear your feedback. If you love our bonus content, as always, again, check us out on patreon.com slash Radio. But getting back to this week's game, you know, the Eagles are underdogs, obviously. They're they're 2.5 underdogs is what they opened as. The first time, as you've already heard by now, the first time in NFL history a number one seed has been underdog. They've been not favored to win. They've been underdogs in their home game. And, I mean, it's obvious why. There's no Carson Wentz. It's Nick Foles. But it's a little... I think you have to view it as a little disrespectful to the Eagles here. I mean, that line has gone up to three points. I know Nick Foles is in there. And look, you guys know I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in Nick Foles, but this defense plays well at home. You can't just write off this Eagles team entirely going into this one. And I think that's a little edge they have this week. That's something they have going for them. Being this underdog team and knowing that no one believes in them. And I know I saw Chris Long say that. It's not like the players have extra motivation because some guy from ESPN or maybe someone like me says they can't win. But, I mean, I got to think that the fact that no one is taking them basically at this point has to give them a little edge in the sense of wanting to prove people wrong. That's what this team should be all about right now this week is going out there and making it look like a joke or making it look silly that they were underdogs to the number six seed. So... That's what I would love to see this week. It's going to take a big effort, obviously, just because the Falcons were the most ideal matchup for the Eagles, in my view, doesn't mean that they're a walk in the park. Um, I don't think the Falcons are a bad team by any means. I just think they're not one of those elite teams in the NFC, or at least even if you want to say there is no elite team in the NFC right now, which you could really argue, that they're below the top-tier teams in the NFC. I just think this Falcons team has done things this year, obviously, you know, coming off a great season last year where they went to the Super Bowl, but they're just, they haven't been the same team this year. You just look at them, they're not as intimidating. The offense isn't humming the way it was when it was setting records last year. And you just have to feel good about the matchup. I mean, last year when these two teams played, and obviously a lot of things have changed since that game, since the Eagles beat the Falcons in 2016, by a score of 23 to 15. It's not the same game. Things change. But, but I will say, there's a blueprint from that game. The Eagles have a blueprint to beating the Falcons. And it's not a mystery. It's not like I'm a rocket scientist over here or anyone else who's saying it. It doesn't take a genius to figure this out. But the Eagles did things in that game where they beat the Falcons in 2016 that... You would like to see them apply to this one. You have to run the ball. I mean, 
I know Matt Daring is going to love that one as he jokes about that a lot, but it's true. I mean, the, the Eagles were able to beat the Falcons in 2016 because Ryan Matthews ran all over that Falcons defense. And now the Eagles don't have Ryan Matthews, but they have the J-Train, Jay Ajayi, and they have LeGarrette Blunt, who, you know, hasn't looked as spry lately, but he can give you some, some tough yards sometimes. Corey Clements there. I mean, the Eagles have the guys, and more importantly, the offensive line to get this done. They can open holes for these guys. I don't know how effective it'll be because the Falcons are going to stack the box. They're going to make it tough on this Eagles team. But they have to do it. They have to go in here to this game looking to run the ball and control the clock and take the ball out of Nick Foles' hands because guess what? If you're throwing this, you know, you're throwing 40 times in this game, you're just not going to win with Nick Foles. It's not going to happen. You might have to force the run a little bit, but so be it. I think this is the way to really keep that Falcons offense off the field and soften up that, that Falcons defense for Nick Foles to be able to have success, get the play action going, help Nick Foles by, not, by having him not throw as much. That, to me, is obviously an ideal way to win. It's not going to be easy, as I say it is probably, but I think that's what gives them a really good chance this week. And I think you even saw Frank Reich say on Monday that he feels good about having to use Jay Jai and giving him a big workload if necessary, which I think it is necessary. And the fact that the Eagles have had this running back rotation throughout the year, which some people have complained about, but he said he thinks J.J. is fresh now for the playoffs because of that rotation, because he hasn't had to grind it out 20-plus carries a game. So now is the time to do it, though. Now is the time to unleash J.J. and say, all right, go make some big plays for this team, because we've seen J.J. make some big plays. We've seen it. When he gets the ball, he's an explosive runner. Guys are going to get to him, and he's going to break those tackles. He's going to be able to make some plays that just most running backs aren't. It's not just about picking up the yards that are blocked for him there. It's about being able to fight through those tackles and bust through this Falcons defense. And guess what, guys? We saw him do it when he was with the Dolphins earlier this season. He had one of his best games, rushing games this season when he was with Miami, and the, the Dolphins somehow beat the Falcons in Atlanta I mean, if, come on, guys. If the Dolphins can beat the Falcons, why can't the Eagles? So, I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that's how it works, but I'm just saying, you know, come on, come on. So, you have the J train here. You got to use him. I think that's so critical for the team this week. I think that's a big part of the blueprint. It's not the only thing, obviously. Uh, there's, there's other things that are going into today's, or sorry, this week's game. Um, which I'm stalling now because I haven't written down and I closed it for some reason. Okay, here we go. Sorry. So, in addition to the running of the game and controlling the clock, a big part of the Eagles' ability to beat the Falcons last year and which what will apply to this week's game is that the Eagles were able to really, really slow down that Falcons defense. I always think back to that performance when people want to criticize Jim Schwartz or kind of get on this Eagles defense. I mean, what the Eagles did to the Falcons 
last season. And again, it's a different team. I know. But the Eagles limited the Falcons to season lows in points, total net yards, first downs, offensive plays run, and time in possession last year. And that was a Falcons offense that had Kyle Shanahan running it. They were better when Kyle Shanahan was running it. They had a lot of things going for them last year. And it's not the same team this year. It's a worse offense overall. And you could say the Eagles defense is better because guess what? They don't have Nolan Carroll and Leotis McKelvin starting at cornerback anymore. You have Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. And now those guys have given up big plays. Yes, they're not perfect, but they're better than the guys last year. So you have to feel good about the players the Eagles have going into this one, even in some, even more so in some spots than last year. And feel like, you know, the Eagles might be even better equipped to handle this Falcons offense, especially with the way the Eagles have played at home defensively. It's been very encouraging. I know the offense hasn't been clicking recently, but and that's kind of I think overshadowed the fact that the defense hasn't played well. But overall, I'm looking at this week's game and I'm feeling pretty. I'm not feeling like, oh, it's a lock the Eagles win because, again, it's Nick Foles and things could go wrong. The Falcons have a a big edge in the quarterback battle when it comes to Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles on paper. But I'm not – and look, this Falcons team has won in the playoffs. They won last year. I think, you know, playoff experience and Super Bowl experience, all that stuff can be overrated. But I'm just saying it's not like this is a team that's never been there before. They have been there. They were there last year. But I, I just feel like the Eagles can beat this team. I really do. They're coming to the link. The Falcons, you know, I was looking at their some of their home road splits yesterday compared to the Eagles. And now the Eagles at home, and I'm not counting the Cowboys game here since that was a meaningless game and the Eagles didn't play their starters. In the seven games that the Eagles actually tried to win in 2017, they outscored their opponents at home by 32 Point seven to fourteen point four, and now yes, obviously that's not a true indication of this current team because Nick Foles isn't there and Carson Wentz isn't. But that just kind of that's a twenty point difference almost. It's an eighteen point difference, and now compare that just for context, just for perspective, to the Falcons on the road where they are only winning by twenty point six two five to twenty point three seven five. So. They're not even winning. The games they've won on the road have been, in in the aggregate, they have not been big wins at all. They've been very close games. So you have to feel good about a dome team like the Falcons coming into this game against the Eagles. And now the weather forecasts make it seem like it's not going to be as cold as it has been in the past couple of games here, which might be good for the offense, the Eagles offense, honestly, given the way they've been performing. But... It's not going to be that quite that same cold environment for the Falcons, but it's going to be an outdoor game. And it's, you know, for a dome team like the Falcons, maybe they don't have everything running as smoothly as they do. Obviously, the Falcons played a road playoff game against the Rams, but that's in L.A. You know, the weather is obviously much nicer out there than it is right here now. As I'm talking, it's like raining ice outside, and, and it's, you know, just not as pleasant out here. So... I do think that's something to consider as well. I think that's another factor going into this one. And then the fans. I, I've said it time and time again. You guys listening in right now, the onus is on you to some extent. You guys got to be there 
the guys of you and girls who are going to the game, and by the way, perfect time to plug that, the BGN Radio tailgate will be going on as usual starting at 1 o'clock. That's in the Jetro lot. You can check out uh, bleedinggreennation.com or you can tweet at BGN underscore radio to, to get a map of, of where we're at, and you should definitely be there before the game. But be there before the game and then give yourself enough time to get in that stadium because, you know, Eagles fans are great, but sometimes I'm looking at some empty seats early in the game, and I know everyone loves a good tailgate, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in a game like this, in a situation where the Eagles need every edge they can get, you guys got to be in the seats as, as soon as you reasonably can and make noise. Get loud. You guys got to jump on this Falcons team from the start because guess what? If the Eagles win the toss, they're probably going to defer like they usually do, and that defense is going to be out on the field first, and they need you there to get super loud and confuse that Falcons offense, make Atlanta take some timeouts way too early in the game, get pressure on Matt Ryan, which is something I think they can do, and again, going back to the blueprint of how to win this game, that's something the Eagles really did well last year, I thought. You know, Matt Ryan and why I thought the Falcons were one of the best matchups for the Eagles in the playoffs is because of him and the fact that he's not the most mobile guy. He has some mobility. I'm not saying he's a total statue, but he's a guy who the Eagles can really get after as opposed to like a Russell Wilson or someone like that. So the Eagles are going to have their chances to sack Matt Ryan. That Falcons offensive line, you saw Aaron Donald do some things against them, and obviously Aaron Donald's a great player, but they're not super strong right now at guard. We're talking about Atlanta here. So I think the Eagles need a big, big game out of Fletcher Cox. The Eagles paid Fletcher Cox $100 million. He needs to be the guy to really take over and earn that contract and show why he's the big money guy in this game. Same thing with Tim Jernigan. The, The guys earlier this season in the locker room were joking around with Tim Jernigan after he got paid, and they said he was big money Tim. He needs to be big money Tim on sun or Saturday. Uh, I keep saying Sunday. On Saturday, he needs to be big money Tim and get some pressure on that interior because if you're getting pressure with with Cox and Turn- Jernigan in the middle there, I mean, you're throwing Matt Ryan off his spot. You're getting him. You're moving him out of his spot. You're making him uncomfortable. You're putting him in the way of those edge rushers with Brandy Graham and Derek Barnett and Vinnie Curry and Chris Long all being able to chase him. So I do like the Eagles matchup here with their ability to get pressure against this Falcons offensive line. And uh, someone's asking here in the comments, Samir, about the health of Brandon Graham. We don't know for sure because the Eagles haven't practiced this week, but the indication last week was that they're kind of just resting him and taking it easy on him. We'll see how he practices this week. The Eagles have their first practice tomorrow, actually, on Tuesday, January 9th, so we'll see how that goes. But for the most part, everyone's expected to play, and that's great news for this team as they're healthy going into a big, big, big playoff game here. So... I think the Eagles have a lot of things going for them. I think, again, it comes down to running the ball. you got to control the clock. That defense needs to bend but not break. You get that pressure on Matt Ryan. You know, look, Julio Jones had big numbers against the Eagles last year in terms of volume, but he wasn't efficient. He kept catching a lot of passes, but a lot of them were shorter too, or at least relative to him. He wasn't getting that big play on the Eagles. 
and that's fine. If you have to give up some plays, but you hold the Falcons to a field goal, I mean, that's great because that's what this team is going to need to do. They can't afford those plays like last year where Leotis McKelvin bit on a double move to Taylor Gabriel and allowed a big touchdown in that game. And that's that's something to watch for because you have Jalen Mills, and he's been prone to do that as we've seen. Ronald Darby, he's been, he got beat. Ronald Darby has been better, I think, overall too, and maybe a little underrated actually here. But the Giants game was a game he got beat. So the Eagles are certainly prone to giving up those big plays still, and that's a concern. But I think the pressure will alleviate that. And again, it's time for this Eagles defensive line to really take over. I think they can do it. I think you, everyone should have faith that they can do it because we've seen it. But now it's the time to actually show up and do it. So hopefully that is the case on Saturday as the Eagles head into this game with that underdog mentality as I said earlier. So wanted to talk about some other things besides the game this week because we'll be breaking down the game more here on BGN Radio. Again, find all our podcasts and everything on that. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of that, BGNRadio.com. We'll be breaking it down in more detail, but for now I wanted to talk about some other things that are going on with the Eagles and around the NFL, such as there are only four coaching jobs left now. After the Bears hired Matt Nagy, 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 either way, who was a former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He's the guy who actually replaced Doug Peterson when the the Eagles hired Doug Peterson. So a little interesting thing there. So the only jobs open now are the Cardinals, the Giants, the Colts, and the Lions. And with those four, uh, John DiFilippo, Eagles quarterback coach, is only been connected to the Cardinals, so that's worth noting there. And Jim Schwartz has only been connected to the Giants, and the Giants actually, for whatever reason, they couldn't schedule an interview with him. So I kind of think, to me, that kind of confirms what I've been saying about how I don't think he's a really serious candidate there. At least I don't think he's the favorite for the job, which was being made out to People were ESPN and NFL Network. All those guys are saying Jim Schwartz was the favorite for the Giants job. And I don't think that's the case. So with those teams remaining, uh, it might be three only because I saw that Mike Lombardi. Yes, I know the guy who said Doug Peterson was the least qualified coach. So take it for what it's worth. But he said that, and I've seen other things that say that the Lions are likely to hire Matt Patricia, the Patriots defensive coordinator, So that really only leaves the Cardinals, Giants, and Colts left, and I don't know. I don't think it's a lock that Flip gets a job now because the Colts haven't shown interest in him yet. It sounds like they have some interest in Josh McDaniels, and I think Josh McDaniels might like to go there, but that's not a lock either, so I don't know. And then for Jim Schwartz, there's really only three for him because you're not the, the Lions aren't going to hire Jim Schwartz. Like he's not going back there, so that leaves the Cardinals and the Giants and the Colts. And he's been connected to the Cardinals, but he hasn't been and the Giants, but again, I already kind of gave my thoughts on that. But he hasn't been connected to the Colts, so who knows? The thing with Flip is that his contract is reportedly up after this season, so maybe he gets an offensive coordinator job, even if he doesn't get a head coach job somewhere else. So we'll watch that. That'll be something to keep an eye out for. But Jim Schwartz, I think he's going to be back. And he's going to be very important for Sunday's game, as I said earlier. So 
that's a good thing for the Seagulls team, I believe, moving forward. Maybe he leaves in a future season. I don't think it's impossible he becomes a head coach once again. But for now, I think he stays. So that's kind of where we are with the head coaching thing. And and kind of getting into the head coaching thing and tying that into the wild card takeaways, the, t- the Titans won, excuse me, on Saturday. So doesn't seem like they're likely to fire or at least as likely to fire Mike Malarkey so that kind of leaves those coaching jobs open I don't think there's going to be any more opening but other wild card t- takeaways and speaking of that Titans game man it, it would have this the Andy Reid thing is just frustrating it makes me feel like just watching him lose that game I know he's not the head coach of the Eagles anymore but it it almost makes me put myself in the shoes of those Chiefs fans, and it just feels terrible because we were there. We saw all that. And, and look, Andy Reid did a lot of great things for this team. I'm not trying to just go out of my way to bag Andy, but I just, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help but think of that, just the frustration that came with the Andy Reid era at times. And he's the first coach now in NFL history to lose two playoff games where his team was trailing by 17 or more points. And he even said it himself on after the game that they didn't run the ball enough. So it's just like, man, Andy, what are you doing, man? That is very, very frustrating. And as Kevin Johnson here in the Facebook Live comments, again, this, this if you're listening to this not on Facebook Live and you're listening on the replay, this video streams live on Facebook.com slash Nation around 4 o'clock every Monday. As Kevin Johnson is pointing out in the comments, hopefully Doug Peterson doesn't make those same mistakes as Andy. And yes, agreed. Because if he does, oh my gosh, we're just not going to be able to live with ourselves. It's going to be super frustrating. And talking about Doug Peterson and another takeaway from the wildcard weekend is so much hype for Sean McVay and the Rams. We talked about it on the BGN radio show on Saturday on Sports Radio 94 WIP, John Barchard had was reading the love letter or whatever. He was, you know, reading the article about Sean McVay and how kind of just how silly it was. And guess what? Sean McVay, the most wonderful young hot head new coach, 13 points against the number six seed. Not very impressive, especially when you were home and, and everything they had going for them. I think it's silly to say that. Personally, I mean, I don't think it's silly to say that Sean McVay is the coach of the year. There's a case for him. But I think it's silly to act like Doug Peterson has no leg to stand on. When Doug Peterson has beaten Sean McVay, and when Doug Peterson has more wins than Sean McVay this season, and when Doug Peterson has dealt with way more injuries than the Rams have. You look at the Rams, they've lost like a starting cornerback late in the season. Okay, the Eagles were out. Ronald Darby for a long time, and they lost their kicker. Guess what? The Eagles lost their kicker too. So I just think the Sean McVay hype train needs to slow down a little bit, and we need to give more credit to Doug Peterson. I think Eagles fans have done a good job with that for the most part, but national guys I'm talking about more so. The national recognition Doug Peterson doesn't get as much there, and that's a shame, and it doesn't really matter a ton. I mean, Coach of the Year award like doesn't matter a ton. I'm not saying it's life or death here, but... My point is that I just think it would be nice to see Doug Peterson get a little more credit, especially when he was so heavily criticized before the season. That's all I wanted to say about that. The one more wild card thing I wanted to talk about was that, and it doesn't actually have to do with the games, 
was that Joe Douglas, I don't think he's going to be going to Houston after all. There was talk that the Texans wanted to interview him and the Eagles blocked it and note that they can only block it until the they are eliminated in the playoffs. If they get eliminated, they can't block it at that point. But it sounds like he's not like the number one guy down there. Sounds like the Texans want to hire Brian Gain, who had worked for them previously. He's with the Bills now. So the takeaway there is sounds like Joe Douglas is staying, and that's great news because he can continue to work with Howie Roseman and be the guy who makes the draft board and handles a lot of the quote-unquote football guy stuff while Howie Roseman kind of handles the trades and all of that. So sounds like Joe Douglas is staying. It's not official right now, but... It sounds like it's kind of leaning that way, so that's really good. All right, before we get to the three over and unders, fantasy football is over for most of you, but not for everyone, because with one week fantasy football at DraftKings, fantasy football season doesn't stop until the games do. So while your season league is done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money doing it. So at DraftKings, there are many ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you compete against your friends. They have beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level if you're into that. And the best part is that you get to draft a new team each week. And drafting a team is one of the best parts of fantasy football, obviously, aside from winning money, that is, winning cash. So there are huge cash prizes and bragging weights await only at DraftKings. To get on in on this, you can use code BGNR, that's four letters, BGNR, at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes. That's this weekend. So hurry, because this weekend will be here before you know it. Because the playoff games start on Saturday. The Eagles' first game is at 435. So hurry and get to DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup. And you can play for serious cast this weekend. Again, that's code BGNR. Only at DraftKings.com. It's a minimum $5 deposit required. And eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. So getting into our weekly segment here that we always reach towards the later part of afternoon QB with BLG. You know what it is. It's the three over and unders courtesy of our great friend, Stephen Lee. Again, Stephen Lee is on Twitter at Stephen with a PH underscore Lee 20. He's a great guy. We met him and he does great work and he's one of our biggest BGN radio supporters. So, Many thanks to Stephen Lee for all the effort that he does in helping me with these and listening to the show. And thank you to all everyone else out there. So the first one he has to start us off is kind of what I was talking about earlier. It goes about the Eagles run game. Jay Ajayi, 17 carries. Will Jay Ajayi have over or under 17 carries against the Falcons? And to me... Before I give you my answer, I'm looking back and I'm seeing that Jay Ajayi, the most in an Eagles game he's had this season, is 15. That was against the Rams. He had 26 in Miami against the Falcons earlier this year when he was still with the Dolphins. And the most carries a single Eagles running back has had in this season, 2017, is actually 16. And it was LeGarrette Blunt. He did it twice this year. 
Now, I look back to last year's game when Ryan Matthews was running all over the Falcons. He had 19. So will Ajayi get over 17 carries in this game? And I'm actually going to take the over. I think he just gets over. I think it could be like 18. I think it could be 20. I don't think it's... I don't think it's nearly 30, and I don't think it may, might not even get up to 25, but I, I think he hits the 20 mark because it's just so important in this game. You can't just rely on Nick Foles and his arm to get you this win. You have to come out running that ball, and the J train has done a good job in limited opportunities. At this point, the reality is he's one of the offense's best weapons. So get get him the ball. Get the ball to him and try to get him to make some plays. If it's a situation where... Nick Foles isn't able to do anything like he has in the past couple of games. You're going to just have to give Jay Ajayi the ball and hope something good happens. So he should get over 17, and I'm hoping that's the case. So I'm taking the over for that. You can mark it down. Now, the second of our three over and unders here is related to the offense as well. It's 23 points scored by the Eagles total. It doesn't have to be just 23 points scored by the offense, but 23 points will the Eagles score more or less than 23 points in this game against the Falcons. Now, again, before I get to the answer, I want to provide the context that Falcons have allowed 23 points or more in only six out of the 17 games they've played, including the wild card game this season. And you can't really look at the Eagles stats for reference as much because they had Carson Wentz. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough thing to to provide the context for that there. But 23 points, I don't know. I don't know if the Eagles get over 23. I think 23 or 24 is about the max they score on this Falcons defense because, look, I don't think the Falcons have an amazing defense, but it's not a bad, straight-up bad defense. Like The Eagles can do some things against this Falcons defense, but I just, 23 points is a lot to ask for with the way Nick Foles has played recently. And maybe he plays better. Maybe you really get this run game going. But even when the Eagles played well against the Falcons last year, they only scored 24 points. So I just don't think it's a safe bet to take over 23. I think you're looking at more like 20, 21. I think it's kind of just under that 23. So I'm taking the under. I just don't think you're going to be able to score a ton on this Falcons team. So I think the safer bet there is under for now. And hey, if I'm wrong about that, then I think everyone's going to be happy. So... Because I don't, I don't think they, uh, I don't think they get more than that. But we'll see. And the last, th- the the final over and under for today's show has to do with the guy I've been talking about and the guy you love to hear me talk about. Obviously, Nick Foles. All right. So Nick Foles, will he have over or under two hundred and twenty passing yards against the Falcons? Again, I'm going to provide some context here. In 20 out of his 40 games that he's played throughout his career where he's had enough pass attempts to kind of get 220 yards, he's been able to get 220 yards or more. So half of his games pretty much. So that doesn't tell you a whole lot. And the Falcons have allowed 220 or more passing yards in 10 out of their 17 games this year. So... There's a little bit of a propensity to do it there. And I looked at the Falcons' average passing yards given up in a road game, and that doesn't really help us. It's about 224, so it's slightly over that average. I don't know if Foles gets to 220. I think when we're talking about how uh, we're not sure the offense gets to 23, 
I think if I'm going to say that they're, I'm not sure they're going to get to 23, I don't think I can turn around and say, oh, yeah, Foles is going to get over 220. I think he could be hovering around that mark. But, again, I, I just think that's a lot to ask for the way he's played recently. Personally, I just don't have a lot of that faith in him. I think the Falcons are going to try to take away Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. They're going to try to make Nick Foles throw to Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey on the outside because Foles hasn't been doing so great with that. So, I don't know if he gets to 220. I think he, I think he gets over 200 maybe, but I just think he could be in that that gap there where it's just not the biggest game for him because you're going to you look back at the Giants game. I mean, it's not like let me I want to check that because I kind of forgot how much he put up in that game, but um, that wasn't a game where like he was just consistently moving the like Nick Foles had 237 yards that day against the Giants in a game where everyone thought he played really well. He had four touchdowns in that game, but that's because the Eagles, you know, they they had some short fields. They had a block punt. Ronald Darby had an interception and a nice return on that interception to get the Eagles into good field position. So even in a game where Nick Foles played well, again, against a bad Giants defense, he still only had 237. So I just can't really trust him fully to get that over on that and someone asking here since we're on the topic of Nick Foles is he better than Blake Bortles I mean as a passer probably I mean it's not saying a lot and I was watching Blake Bortles honestly and thinking of Nick Foles when the Jaguars beat the Bills because they were having the same issues in the sense of there's easy throws to be made guys are open and the quarterback is just missing the throw and it's really frustrating to watch the one thing though that Blake Bortles can do to his credit as he can run the ball and he had some big plays in that game against the Bills where it was third down or it was a long distance and he made the play with his legs and he actually led Jacksonville in running on Sunday with 10 carries I believe for 88 yards and that's one of the frustrating things about Nick Foles here and I think one of the things that is a thing to watch in this matchup and more is that the just the limited mobility so that when something breaks down he just doesn't have that ability to make a play and that could hurt the Eagles. So hopefully it's not the case, and hopefully Nick Foles is looking sharper than he has, but that's just another thing that has been concerning. And, and you know, we've seen Nick Foles play better, obviously, but we've also seen him play some really bad games. So you don't even know what fully what to expect. You're kind of just hoping for the best. You're hoping that he can just give you enough and this defense can come out on Saturday and just shut down that Falcons offense. That would be great to see. I think this defense is going to do at least good enough of a job to make this game winnable for this Eagles offense. But, I mean, the offense has to do something. They can't just come into this game and give this team nothing. I mean, you might need a defensive touchdown. You might need a special teams touchdown. But, Come on, this offense just—the offense can't lose this game for this team. You know they can't be making those turnovers, they—they they can't be missing the easy throws that are there to be made. This offense doesn't have to be a juggernaut against the Falcons, but they have to be at least respectable. So that's what we're looking for on Saturday. And once again, we'll have plenty, plenty more Eagles Falcons preview material for you this week. This has been Afternoon QB with BLG. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for leaving five-star reviews on iTunes for us and give us a rating as well. Again, you can check out our bonus material. That's patreon.com slash BGN radio. You guys can check out the Eagles Falcons BGN radio tailgate pregame show 
with John Barchard and James Seltzer and all those guys. Again, that's at the Jetro parking lot starting at 1 p.m. on Saturday in advance of the 4.35 start at Lincoln Financial Field. So be there for all that. It should be fun. Go check out DraftKings, like I said earlier in the show, and use that BGN radio code, BGNR. I think that just about does it for me. It's been great. As always, I'll see you next Monday for another edition of Afternoon QB with BLG. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be talking about an Eagles win. So until then, I will see you next time. Take it easy. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Donetto. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, put some play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep prepared. You either sheep or shed, be scared or cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about